Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Welcome to the afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, through the glass, into Studio 2, we have... My name is Josie. It's a pleasure to be here. Indeed. On this fine, fine, sunny Sunday. Although you said you felt it when you rode here. I did. I cycled and, yeah, I was. It took me a while to catch my breath because it was already very warm out there. Uh, weather is everywhere and it's one of the things that... Uh, will have an effect on us. I have a chat with John today. John will be joining us at the Queen Victoria Market. I've just come from there. And uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, Josephine, but there is rain, biblical rain, uh, happening around Brisbane, Gold Coast. Port Macquarie has already had 197 millimetres of rain. Rain? Yeah, lots of So much. Yeah, well, it's the... Uh, it's the La Nina, I suppose. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's the vibe of it. But there, there's going to be some flooding. Might have an effect on vegetable and fruit prices. Uh, stay tuned for Market Report to find out what our sage mm, Italian... Are you giving a little teaser to the Market Report? Yeah, you like the way I do that? <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, and uh, just to give a little overview of the show, um, I thought it might be interesting to have a chat regarding the hotels around this city. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about the pub on the corner. We're talking the major five-star variety type hotels. And uh, we have Tara Bishop, who is uh, from the Langham. And just to find out from her what it was like uh, dealing with COVID from from that. Because we've spoken a lot about restaurants and, and things like that. I thought it might be cool to do that. And the idea for those with deep pockets, I suppose, that perhaps if you missed out on getting out to the regions, um, if, you, uh, if you're crying and you're whatever it is that you haven't been able to go to New York or, or Paris, maybe a staycation in, uh, in the city could be a good staycation idea. Staycation sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, it, um, oh, let's face it, it's still, you know, it's, it's still pretty exy. But um, <laughs> uh, <coughs> who knows? It might be uh, an option for some. And uh, an opportunity, and I suppose this is the focus, to rediscover the CBD and uh, um, go and avail yourself to those restaurants and things like that. And thirdly, and um, this one I'm kind of excited about, uh, we have Ron Davis, who is uh, part of a dynamic duo at 310 Smith Street, Collingwood. And uh, they have opened up a place called Glue. Pronounced like glue? Probably not. <laughs> Probably screwed it up. Um, uh, G L O U. It is. Uh, uh. It is German for glug glug. It's the sound you make when you drink lots of wine. Uh-huh. And they have started a wine dispensary, um, which is um, how do we put this? Very sustainable, and it is very part of uh, the new sort of zeitgeist, shall we say, of um, of the way that we try to reduce our waste, try to reduce our footprint, and uh, and there's also a really interesting collaboration with um, some uh, 
winemakers. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of the, the show today. Uh, you might be getting a bit of bleed in from the green room. Uh, there is a great uh, celebration because Tim Thorpe is uh, the in one the and house. Only. I haven't seen Tim since April, I don't think. So, uh, of very course, exciting times. Tim Thorpe, of course, from Vital Bits, uh, Order of Australia, <laughs> one of our, our best sons. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos, and interviews, head to the Triple R website, rrr.org.au. We have Tara Bishop on the line from the Langham Hotel. Tara, welcome. Good afternoon, Cam. How are you? I'm applauding you. Hey! <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I know really well. I mean, it was such a spectacular Melbourne day and the sun's shining and, and lots of things to look forward to. It's all good. You said you had a, uh, a very, very Melbourne day. You're, you're in town and um, you had a bit of a... a, bit of a Grand tour around this place, it seems. Yeah, it was fantastic. We had a um, one of our one of our good friends organised a lunch for about twenty of us at Gimlet, um, Andrew McConnell's new place at Cavendish House on the corner of Flinders Lane and Russell Street. Oh, how was and that? Because that's was, uh, that's pretty new, and that's one of those one of the incredible things about everybody being closed was no Andrew McConnell decided I'm going to open a new place. Yeah, he he's done a terrific job. The fit out is spectacular, high ceilings, gorgeous finishes, lots of you know velvet and glass. Um, the champagne is being poured freely. The, the staff did an incredible job, um, and we had it was one of those days where you didn't have to make any decisions. The food is a parade of you know oysters and then delicious brajola with little, little gnocchi frito and um, some fresh vegetables with some fromage bay and prawns and pickled mussels. It was delicious, oh. and it finished off with um, a chocolate mousse and uh, uh, a mango and coconut um, sorbet duo, which is a triumph. And I would be would I be right in saying it's sort of like a little slice of New York in um, postcode three thousand? I think it is. I think it's kind of got a bit of that um, Baltazar vibe. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit of that kind of nomad kind of feel. Uh, yeah, you could definitely squint. It could be equal parts Paris and, and New York, I'd say. Oh, that's a nice place to meet. I'll meet you there, Tara. That sounds good. But uh, you represent the Langham Hotel. For those that uh, have been born under a rock, could you describe the Langham Hotel and where it resides? Yes. So Langham's at number one Southgate Avenue. So it's just opposite um, Flinders Street Station. Good address. And it's a great address. And I just celebrated my seven-year anniversary there yesterday. So oh, it's, um, hey, Double you. clap. Well um, done. So we had... We've got the pool up on the pool deck on level nine. So I think one of the best things you can do this summer is, um, you know, head up to the pool deck, uh, order an April spritz and look out over this magnificent city of ours. Yes, um, yes. But before we get to that and, uh, and talk about the great things that are possible there, I want to know, and I think the listeners would be interested in the fact of how did you, um, in uh, and of course I mean that collectively, how did the, uh, the Langham Hotel deal with, uh, well, the great reality of 2020 and, um, and maybe if you can comment further about the hotels in general around you? What happened? Well, the hotel closed on Good Friday. So as you can imagine, like 
it was the unpicking of things. I think that was initially really tricky because you had to, um, staff had to go home, uh, guests had to be notified that the hotel had been closed. So there was a lot of logistics that had to go through before the hotel could close. And then it was that the stop start of, you know, when, when are we going to reopen again and getting all the staff back and the beds made and the everything aired out and the vacuum vacuum cleaners, you know, buzzing away. Yeah. And then, oh, actually, oh, not going to open in the end of July. And then going into the second lockdown and then gearing up where we thought maybe we'll have the races, maybe, maybe we won't. Oh, and yeah. so I think that one of the, a lot of logistics, but the team did a, a terrific job. And by the time we did open in November, we were so pleased to welcome guests back to the hotel. And you've been uh, you've been saying you've had to open up um, in blocks of four floors. Is is that right, Tara? That's right. So we're basically, and that that, that seems to be working really well. And as yeah. demand increases, we'll just keep adding more and more floors. So um, there are uh, a lot of families and a lot of people coming in. Probably a mix of couples coming in on the weekends and families wanting to break up their routine after months of lockdown and homeschooling and treating themselves as a staycation. So we're yeah. definitely welcoming a lot of guests back and some corporates coming back from Sydney and interstate. That's that's starting to come back as well. How are you going with um, with staff? Is, is that has that been a concern to you? Because the restaurateurs I speak to everywhere, uh, it seems to be the topic of conversation, is that um, the staff are pretty thin on the ground. We're very, very fortunate. We've got a strong workforce that have worked for the hotel for a long time, and a lot yep. of the a lot of the hotel employees, you know, they're you know they're friends with their colleagues, and they want to come back. One of the probably big challenges is is just the retraining. So, for instance, Melbourne Restaurant, which is famous for being an open kitchen and, and guests can go up and help themselves to, you know, whether it's roast di- a roast ste- a steak or some pasta or some mm. of our famous Indian dishes. But now it's about training the staff about all the different COVID rules. So a lot of the food is now delivered to the table. So, it's you know, they've had to pivot and oh, do right. things differently that way. Yes. But no, that's, you know, it's working really well. Um, the, the pink taxis, you know, back and the bell desk boys are loading up the trolleys and helping guests to, to the room. So it's definitely, we're easing out of, of hibernation and it feels great. Oh, it must be just divine because, let's face it, that's what we, we're here for. We're here to, that's what hospitality is about, is looking after guests. And you can't do that without the guests. Yeah. So, so I think that's it's, it's been a really wonderful kind of, and I think also coming out of isolation and into summer is really good because we're often, you know, we're used to having a lot of people come for the Australian Open. So I think yeah. now you know, yeah. there's, there's going to be an opportunity for people to actually enjoy the hotel in January, whereas normally it would be full of international guests, you know, coming out for the Open. So I think we'll see a lot more families, a lot of people just treating themselves to a night out. Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, when you want to feel, if you missed out on your trip to New York or, or Paris or wherever, like you're mentioning before, <laughs> yes. I think there's nothing that makes you feel like you're away than having a cocktail in a, in a hotel bar. Am I right? Uh-huh. Yeah, you are. And then going up to your room and the bed's all made and it's all awesome. That is the best. Yeah. So, and I think, yeah, in-room dining or putting on that, you know, fluffy robe. robe and, fluffy robe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nothing that's, like it. It's been a while since I've done that. That's for, that's for sure. So, um... Yeah, that's sort of the notion that um, maybe those that have missed out on overseas travel, those that have missed out on regional travel, because um, from what I've been hearing anecdotally, and maybe you can agree with me or not, uh, the fact is it's it's pretty hard to get a place uh, from a camping site to a hotel. Josephine's nodding her head going, yep. So maybe it's time to rediscover postcode 3000 while wearing a fluffy robe and thinking about where you're going to be going out for dinner. I'd like that. 
No, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's, you know, I'm so thrilled that the regions are so busy. Yes. But there is that, but the hotels, the city hotels, will have availability that they previously haven't had because you've often had, you know, a lot of corporates having their big Christmas parties, for instance, for uh, with a thousand people at them, and they often all stay at hotels. But those those parties aren't happening, yeah. and the corporate travel's not happening, and uh, perhaps some of the family get-togethers and people have the interstate guests. You know, that's not happening. So I think there's. Definitely going to be availability. There's some really good um, sharp packages out there. Um, the best value one, I think, is the Stay in the Paint package, which we have, which actually includes a $100 credit towards dining hotel that people can use for room service, mm. they can use for Melbourne, for the bar. So I think there's, there's you know, people do their research and um, figure out what works best for them. But I think there's some great value offerings that previously have just never been available. So I think, and then you can, you know, we've got a new boat called the... We were, we're known for the Langham Pink te- Taxi, but now we've got a Langham Pink Water Taxi, and you can have a picnic and go up and down the Yarra. Um, there's so many good restaurants along the precinct in Southgate, but you just only have to just go across the bridge, and all of a sudden you're in the Central Business District, and you can, you know, go to Brunetti's or go to Gimlet or yeah. um, wander around to, you know, Scott Pickett's new place called Chantry Lane. So I think there's, you can feel like a, a tourist in your own town. That's what I think I would be doing if I came into, I did it, I was a, I was fortunate enough to be a guinea pig a few weeks ago and tested out one of the packages and did just that and checked into the hotel. Um, ordered worm service, went for big lock welcome yeah went into walked into the city, went shopping, um, had a snack at Ombra and I you know I really enjoyed that whole experience of rediscovering Melbourne. Hooray and, for uh, rediscovering to- Melbourne Tara. And I know another person who'll be very, very happy to see that the big tower behind him is filling up with people and that of course is the lovely Philip Kennedy at Pure South. Oh yes, yes we absolutely love Pure South. So, uh, yeah, I love Pure Phil South. He's a beautiful yeah, guy. Was, well, yeah, then his food's sensational. So. Tara, it's uh, marvellous to chat with you. Congratulations on seven years of the Langham. I'm really, really happy to hear that uh, uh, the staff are still around and uh, this loyal group of people are now being able to return. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us. If you want to check out those offers, go on the web because they'll be around and no doubt you'll be... Uh, scratching your head and thinking about all sorts of other offers as well, because I know you, Tara. <laughs> Thanks so much, Campbell. I'd say if you haven't done your Christmas shopping, they make for great gifts, because I think one thing we've learned about experiences that we can remember. We don't need more things, but we need more more memories to, you know, to be able to reflect upon. So, Love it. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Cam, and um, all the best, and look forward to welcoming you in for some champagne and caviar very soon. Ooh, looking forward to that. Tara Bishop from the Langham Hotel, thank you very, very much. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. The air is fresh today. It is, but it had a little bit of a um, dryness to it about half an hour ago mm. when I said, here comes the heat. But it's probably turned around a little bit. There is a, a freshness to the air, yeah. and, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it hasn't. I've, I thought it was going to be hotter by um, this time today. I, we- I think it'll hit about 2 o'clock. Okay. Weather's a weird thing, and uh, we're seeing it at the moment. Uh, up north, I was just telling you about how we've got a bit of a one-month... Uh, one month of uh, the equivalent of one month of rain in a, in a couple of days over the next couple of days around the Gold Coast, Brisbane. Just having a look here, Port Macquarie's just had 197 mil. 
What grows up there, John, and is that going to affect prices and availability? Um, hopefully not too much because we're in transition. Mm. Um, now, I just um, pointed you towards this ugly-looking cucumber before. Um, it's the size... If you remember the old Australian cucumber, uh, oh. long, green, thick... Isn't that weird? Yeah, I remember those. Right. No one eats now, them anymore. No, no, not many, which is tragic because they have their merits. They're a very good tasting cucumber if they're fresh. What is their merit, just very quickly? Uh, they're um, less moisture, they're nice flavour, stronger flavour. Lebanese yeah. sometimes can be just watery. Yes. Whereas the Aussie cucumber, um, the riper they get, the drier they get, the more accentuated the flavour is. And if you're English and you wanted a cucumber sandwich, I imagine that you wouldn't use any other. That's right, yeah, exactly. Uh, and unfortunately, they're going out of fashion. Yeah, but, but look at this um, one. You got a, this a beautiful new cucumber kid. came from Queensland, and because it was so hot when it was picked a week ago, mm. um, it shriveled up on end. Now, this is a Vietnamese version of our dill cucumber, um, but you need 10 of our dill cucumbers to make one of these. Yeah. This um, is very good to eat fresh. It's crunchy, it's sweet. Um, it's very little moisture inside, so it's very good if you want to make a quick pickle. Mm. Uh, we slice it very fine and boil um, water with a little bit of vinegar and sugar and throw it on top. Mm. Let it sit a couple of hours, and then we have it in our salad. Or you can even put them into the jar, whatever you want to do. Sounds but good. like I said, it was hot, yeah. and um, it got hit by the heat and it shriveled up on end, but still worth eating. Now with all this rain, a lot of the crops will be affected, um, but we're lucky we're at the end of... What we get a lot of up there, like capsicums and eggplant and that. So now we're moving into stuff from New South Wales and Victoria. So yep. hopefully our prices won't be affected. Yes. Uh, if Sydney gets affected as well and our stuff goes north, then our prices will go up. But that's we'll see about that. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens to that. Interesting-looking cucumber. Nice um, sort of an orangey-yellow sort yeah. of tinge to Last it as well. Last year we had them um, like the size of a Lebanese cucumber, and uh, they were nice and bright green and... Yeah. Really appealing. This doesn't look very pretty, but still worth eating. Okay. Now, that brings us to the change of seasons. Um, like I said, we're moving into our... Oh, I see what you've done here. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So, we're, we're moving into our Victoria and New South Wales produce. Mm. But, uh, tragically, this is probably the last of the real asparagus. I've got two beautiful spears. They are straight. They, they are, are straight. true. They are not ridged, which is one thing you look for. That's right. In but asparagus. the tops are not as tight and firm. They're not purple like they used to be. Mm. They're a, a little bit greener, purpley. Starting to open that one. Starting to open up bit. because its job is to make seed. Yeah. So the plant is ferning and eventually it will go to seed. Mm. So we may get lucky and have asparagus for Christmas and if we do it's a blessing because traditionally November was the end of asparagus so we're well into December and we've got good stuff and for some people the um, tradition now is to asparagus on the barbecue that goes with all the all the seafood for the seafood extravaganza oh it's just so easy brushed with oil yep. throw it on when you see it's warm through you pull it off and you've got a nice crunchy asparagus mm. if you don't like a crunchy like joe joe complains you cook it a little bit longer he likes and, it's cooked all the way through yeah but if you overcook it then he complains again uh, so you got to, it's got to be just right mate. chip off the old block maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe am, am i right maybe maybe and, you know, we've had a pretty good season with a lot of things. Yes. Um, I've got some very, very small cherries, but it's got a small pip. Yeah. Um, 
I don't normally sell cherries, but... Uh, no, um, this might be the first time I think I've seen you. Uh, yeah, a very, very old grower mm. of ours. Um, his father's um, late 90s, not early 90s. Um, my dad's probably known him for about 70 years. Uh, the son rings me up. We normally get uh, muscatel grapes from him. He's out the back blocks of Heathcote. Are they where you get your muscatels from? Yeah. One of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he rings me up and says, John, I've got 50 kilo cherries. I said, well, what do you no. want me to say? He said, good, I'll be there in the morning. <laughs> just, just pay cash and we'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. So um, they're not very big, but they're very, very tasty. These were selling $10. You can buy cheaper for rubbish and you can buy um, beautiful lapins. Cost you two to three times the price. So these are good if you want to have a, a quick snack. Um, I'm going to take some home. I'm going to stew them up and have them with ice cream. And I'm going to eat a lot of them raw too, don't get me wrong. That will be the vanilla ice cream. Yeah. It's it good with vanilla. It does, it does. Um, or you could do black forest cake ice cream bowl oh, with chocolate. Oh, yeah. I can't take the privilege of asking for one at the moment. Uh, yeah, let's really? move on. Um, yeah, so we've got beautiful stuff. Um, and what's coming in, we've got beautiful Victorian brand, beans from Bansdale. Beans from Bansdale? They're it's like silks, uh, yes. Um, yeah. When you touch them... Uh, you have to touch them to understand because sometimes you touch a bean and you say, yeah, all right, it's like a piece of wood. Mm. You know, it's still cook up beautiful. Well, let's get one. Come let's, go, yeah, yeah, come. let's go and check this out. I want to have this uh, this textural experience. And we're just going to the front now. There we go. Oh, they look a good colour. They do. Beautiful colour, nice and green. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they feel different. They do. They do feel different. They, this is second pick last week. They were a little bit silky up. Yeah, look at that. And see, it's all jelly in the middle. There's no seed in there. Yeah. It's nice and fresh. You can eat it raw. And then have a look at the size of these peas. Well, they're big. They are. Mm. Uh, these come from a fourth-generational family called Embom, and they're beautiful peas. There's probably about eight or nine, and maybe even ten peas in the pod. You open them up. They're little jewels, beautiful to eat raw, or you can just steam them very quickly. Mm-hmm. Don't boil the bejeevers out of them, okay? No, I won't. Yeah, all right. Okay. I'll keep you to that. What about your son? Does, what does he think about peas? Does he want them cooked all the way through too? Yeah, they're a little bit funny. You know, if they find that the um, garden peas are a little bit hard, they, they complain. I don't mind, you know, because I know I've got the beautiful texture, the sugar, the freshness, mm. and I know where they've been too. God knows where the frozen buds have been. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's 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 true. And you've been pla- been very, very busy plaiting garlic. Yeah, well, I've got to say thanks to Mum because I tried... Did. I tried plaiting one and I nearly got it, but not as artistic as this. As you can see, the plaits looks like a braid of hair mm. and um, they're very pretty. And um, she's even put a little bit of pink string on the end of A little bit of pink it. string, she said to me. Now, go home and get the Christmas uh, ribbon. I said, yeah, Mum, no worries. But look at the hue on this purple one here. Oh, wow. Yeah, they look good. Oh, here we go. Yeah. We're going to do some peace. I'm going to pause for a sec while you do that, John. Now, what else you got? Now, uh, Joseph's just frying some beautiful Dutch cream into the scale. Yep. And as you can see, the skin's coming off. So that's what a real new potato is, not that white stuff that you buy from the supermarket <laughs> that's been washed in chemicals and been in the fridge for nine months. You do not buy those. No, you do you not. Do not, if not unless potato, you want to throw you them at your neighbour. Do not buy... Yeah, OK. Maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, I have <laughs> I an exception for that. But, yes, yeah, so we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago when I was with you. Yeah, yeah those yeah, new yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. They're still yeah. going good. Your yeah. zooks look amazing. Now, these zucchini came out of uh, Mildura as well, uh, and it was very, very hot up there, but... They look like they were picked this morning. Mm, um, they do. They do. And these are only about 
10, 12 centimetres long. That's the best size to have. I was going to say, that looks like that's a perfect yeah. zucchini. Yeah. That you'd cut in half, um, oil it, fry it on a barbie, yep. or even um, chop them into rings and have a fry up and, or make a beautiful omelette. Do you know what I did the other day? Have you heard about um, um, Yotam Ottolenghi? Yes. Yeah, superstar of uh, yes. vegetables and things like that. He does this dish where you get them, cut them in half, cut them like that, so you get little half moons, yes. quite thin, mm-hmm. um, saute them in, in a little bit of butter, yes. and then you add some peas to it, and then you serve it on a porridge of semolina with pecorino in it. Oh, that sounds interesting. Really super soothing food. A little bit of pepper... Um, wow, very interesting dish. It is, and you know, people forget about the humble zucchini. Um, some of the older Italians still consider it as pig food, but uh, really? <laughs> yeah. wow, I love a fritter. I mean, zucchini fritters are really, really easy to do, and they are good. Yeah, and you put a little bit of grated carrot in it. Oh, my father-in-law was very good at doing that, mm. and I found that that was his secret ingredient because it gave it a little bit more body and a little bit of colour and a, a little, little bit, bit of flavour. Yeah, a little bit more sweetness. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that goes great with like a minted yogurt. Yes, yes. Oh. Unbelievable. Uh, eggplants looking good? Yes, we're lucky. The eggplants, these are hydro because unfortunately all the stuff up, up north got affected by the weather and, and it didn't make the grade. Um, but unfortunately there's nothing else in the market. We've got some beautiful big shiny ones and some beautiful baby ones as well. Now the baby ones are beautiful, are cut in half and stuff. Um, or, you know, you can do so many things with them. Um, a lot of people use the small ones because they put them into a curry. Uh, as a flavour sponge, and um, yeah. uh, you get a lot of different textures from it. There are so many different cuisines that use this, and there are so many possibilities with adding flavour and crunch and softness. I mean, one of my favourite things is, um, what do they call it, Iman Bayali. You know, the, uh, the, the, the priest wept, or the bishop wept or something like that. I remember he used to have that cold and cold eggplant with the tomato and the garlic and a little bit of olive oil and yes. the parsley. We do many dishes that we eat cold with the eggplant. Isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Alright, one of the things that some people have asked me is, what is John doing for Christmas? What are you going to be eating? Well, John's lucky because we're going to mum's. <gasps> Yes, Is Nancy on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still the one that's doing Christmas. Oh, my God. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be about 13, 14 of us. Yes. Um, cousins, close family. Yep. Uh, Mum's in uh, she's 86 or a little bit more. Mm. I said to her, Mum, what are we having? She said, oh, everyone's complaining. They don't like the ravioli because they don't know what's in it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm making handmade pasta. I said, Mum, you're crazy. She said, you leave it to me. Yeah. So she's making cavatelli. She's going to do the cavatelli. Yeah. She got, What's cavatelli yeah. for yeah. those that don't know? Cavatelli, where we come from, we don't put egg in the um, uh, pasta. It's water and flour. Yep. And she's got a beautiful long um, rolling pin. It's about oh, a, a metre and a bit like the Japanese. Right. Yes. And everything's done by hand, no machine. Yeah. And so she what makes does cavatelli look maybe. like when it comes now, out? These, um, like the half size of a green bean. Yep. And um, it's... Um, Long and flat, yep. and then it's you get three fingers and you press onto the pasta and you pull, and the pasta rolls up. Um, you can buy the dried version in the shops; it's a little bit longer than what we make, yep. but it's not the same because when it's fresh, it's, it rules. Um, 
when you make the beautiful fresh sauce, a lot of tomato, a lot of basil, uh, there's meat in the ragu sauce, mm. um, and the sauce gets into the curl of the pasta. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't uh, it? It goes yeah. in that little nook. Yeah, so when you throw it in the water, it comes to the top, you have a try. As mm. soon as it's not hard anymore, uh, that we don't eat al dente. I don't, don't eat al dente pasta at all, but anyway, mm. as soon as it's right... You eat skippy pasta? A little bit over. No, not over. Just I'm sorry, I'm, just I was being strong. provocative. I'm sorry. My, my grandfather used to cook kookaburra, and that was always mushy, mate. But it was still very edible, because <laughs> when someone else does it for you, it's always good. Yeah. All right, so she's cooking uh, the handmade pasta. Yeah. But before that, we'll have our own cured sausage, meat, uh, bacon, uh, brisotto, capicolo. Yes. We'll buy some beautiful cheeses, yeah. some nice olives. So that'll be first. Then we'll have our pasta. Mm. Then we'll have the red meat. Then we eat. Then we have salad, uh, and then maybe um, I'm doing a porchetta, I'm doing prawns, uh, there'll probably be roast chicken, um, maybe roast potatoes and pumpkin. Mm. So, you know, we're doing a little bit of Anglo as well. Yeah. Um, and God knows what else falls onto the table uh, and never sees the light of day again. And then what's the punctuation marks? What are the last things and then, you and then, remember? <laughs> And then, then, well, you know, the, 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 sometimes you get bocconcini and um, yeah. you, you might get another dish of mushrooms. Yeah. Um, to Joseph's disgust last year, she, she put some canned mushrooms because um, unusual, but the canned mushrooms, if you cook them properly yes. with a little bit of tomato sauce, tomato, fresh tomato, yeah. they're very tasty. But we got some beautiful Swiss browns. So yeah. It'll be Swiss browns this year. Yeah. Um, and God knows what else. So, and then when we can breathe, we'll have coffee. Yes. And as soon as coffee's pushed everything down, we'll, we'll cut the cake. Uh, with a little bit of amaro or something uh, like that? Yeah, yeah, maybe some holy water or... Oh, um, a little bit of grappa. Frangelico or something. Oh, yeah, okay. Do you have the uh, the Montenegros, the Amaro type things you get into? Yeah, the yeah. The mum's cousin, he likes to have that stuff because he reckons it helps digestion. It does. Um, but I don't have any problem eating, so <laughs> better we don't get into that stuff. So, yeah, so then we have our cake and then we all wallow around and then six o'clock someone says, is it a past dinner time? And they're into it again and, well, sometimes I have dinner and sometimes I don't. And the beautiful thing, the most wonderful thing about Christmas for me is Boxing Day because there's always food in the Everyone fridge. Everyone comes back, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they expect it. <laughs> and, and, you know, we've been known to fire up the barbie as well, you know. Uh-huh. Not, not that there's not much leftovers, but, yeah, so, you know, we mix it up again. And it's another full day. We sit around talking, arguing. You know, talking politics, sometimes religion, all things you shouldn't talk about when, yeah. when, when you're all family together. But we don't have punch-ups, so it's OK. Mm. But I've known some of our friends, you know, they start getting into the politics and religion and then they have a punch-up. It's not good. So keep calm, yeah. keep eating. And then that's what we're going to talk about, what, our, what we're going to eat on the other days. Awesome. Well, awesome. listen, the good thing is we're going to be broadcasting all the way through, so... I'll probably be able to find out for the first time exactly what happened after Christmas because I'll probably see you and look forward to that. Well, I'm having a break Christmas Eve. I'm closing down and I'm going to have two weeks break. So we're going to go up to central Victoria to visit someone. Um, So I might even give you a call and tell you what's going on up there. Oh, that could be awesome. All right. Well, look, I better get back to the studio. We're running out of time. I'll see you very, very shortly. Definitely. I hope everyone has a good week and a good Christmas coming. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. 
Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. I'm here. My name's Cam Smith. Uh, here for Eat It, where I have a cross for me. I have... Uh, Josie Smart. Josie Smart has been looking after things and using the uh, not-so-modern miracle... Ooh, uh, we've got some some ambiance. We are going to Smith Street in glorious Collingwood, 310 to be exact, where we have Ron Davis, who has started a new venture. Ron, how are you, mate? Good, mate, good. How are we doing? I look better for hearing your voice. You're sounding very up and chipper. Did you get a good night's sleep last night? Uh, I I, I had a good run at it, and, um, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't say it was a bad effort. Yeah, you had a good go. Yeah, he gave it a go, and um, and this is the thing you're also giving a new business a go, and in, in these times we have to salute those that have the courage and the vision, and the concept. Let's face it, to uh, <laughs> to to get a new business happening, um, and the lack of sanity. Yeah, for ah, sure. You know, yeah, it, it kind of helps. Um, but yeah. you have uh, taken over with your partner Rahel Goldman, who I had the pleasure of meeting. God, it was just, uh, no, it was the day before yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, fri- Friday, yes. Yeah. Friday we had the, right. the honour of having you by. Well, yeah, just I just popped in. I was doing a, a function down the road at Craft & Co., which was enormous fun. But uh, before we go into what this venture is, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you were doing before this. Uh, okay, yeah, so Hospitality basically I've been... Um, yeah, I've just been... Uh, drinking my way through a career for, um, you know, the, the past decade. Um, oh, it's nice to have a vacation. That's good. It, exactly. Yes. You know, you, you've got to be, you've got to be passionate. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yes, yeah, started in restaurants, um, many moons ago. Um, yeah, on, on the floor and, uh, from there found my way into wine. Yep. Um, yeah, moving towards, uh, yeah, being a song. Um, that was up in Sydney. And, uh, yeah, after a few years of, you know, 80, 90-hour weeks, uh, sort of take it easy and moved into to wine retail. Yep. And, um, yeah, between Sydney and then Melbourne, I've been doing that for the past five years or so. Um, until, yeah, I guess this year we, uh, you know, kind of came together, my partner and I, to, to have a run at something which is a bit of a combination of the both, I guess, yeah. And and this is the the beautiful thing that these these two hemispheres that have come together. And I speak of the other hemisphere. Let's face it, we could use the keep the analogy going and say from the northern hemisphere, uh, Rahel Goldman, who um, of course she's uh, as I said here worked at Ides, Hell of the North. She's a Berliner. She is. She is a Berliner. Mm. Um, quite the proud one. Um, I got that. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, which I don't believe is an uncommon trait yes. um, from those from the glorious city of Berlin. Well, why would you um, not? God, the, exactly. the hardest partying city in the world, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. We've also um, a great aesthetic, too. Yeah, which, yeah, she's um, you know, definitely tried to kind of bring a touch of that um, down here. Um but yeah, yeah. So she she found her way down here. Just um, yeah, to kind of chase, I guess the, you know, a run at the Melbourne hospitality scene, um, which is always amazing to hear. You know, uh, I guess how much 
you know, cred that actually kind of gets on the international stage even. Oh, damn right. And, um, and, and this is the thing that this has culminated in a vision uh, to open up what is basically a, a wine dispensary. Would that be a good way to describe it, Dan? Uh, well, that, yeah, that's Ron? the word we came up with um, because we weren't quite sure to call it a, a store, a, a bar. Um, yeah. So we just went with dispensary. We, we thought it kind of, yeah, it, it described it well. Um, whether that translates or not is, is another matter. But, um, yeah, we, uh, we went with wine dispensary. And, and what's, what's the business actually called? Glue. So, um, Glue. yeah, GL. Glue, G-L-O-U, which is just a, a shortening of um, glue, glue, which is just yeah, the, the French, the French equivalent of uh, glug, glug. It's um, on Yeah, exactly. A, quite a fitting on a um, But uh, yeah, how, how the French kind of apply uh, their their version of glug, glug is is very much a stylistic reference. Well, um, it is because yeah. I brought up the whole thing. If I used to read Tintin before we found out there was a. <laughs> A racist yeah. rag that we really should leave alone, but yeah. it was Snowy the dog. Never went woof woof. He went. What did he do? Whoa 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 yeah yeah whoa whoa. It's just like what? Yeah. Anyway, but it's a different thing. So G L O U. Um, the idea is that you have taken over. It was the old Dingo's bar, wasn't it? Yeah, Dingo's face. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Zach. Um, uh, moved out of here to kind of do something different um, when his uh, lease ran up back in March. Obviously, yes. it was the right time for wow, um, him to kind of yeah, try his hand at something different. And uh, look, we were we were so lucky to then um, be able to take on take on this venue, um, which is yeah, plays I guess a strong part on on Smith Street here. Um, and what's yeah. the, what's the vibe? So tell us, give us the the mission statement. The mission statement um, yeah. is. Basically, what we're trying to achieve here, obviously, uh, with Rahel and I kind of working in wine um, uh, for so many years, hmm. uh, we've become very passionate about sustainable producers. Yep. Um, you know, whether that's the efforts of sequestering carbon through biodynamic agriculture or viticulture in the vineyards, and um, then the low impact kind of winemaking methods in the winery, mm-hmm. there is quite that disconnect when it comes to how we how we then sell wine on the consumer end in um, you know single use glass, um, which involves a lot of you know single use packaging, um, and as much as and a lot of energy to make those bottles, huh? Because a lot a lot of resources. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it does seem a bit of a, a wall we hit with that. Um, hmm. So to try and, I guess, mitigate that frustration that we've found, uh, we've worked with a collective of, uh, honestly, heroic <laughs> winemakers across Victor, from yeah, Victoria, South Australia, and New South Wales to get them to start putting some of their wines in um, key kegs, which are a relatively new um, speciality wine keg, uh, which we then, yeah, serve uh, on tap. So, Installed strictly on tap. Can you, let me uh, just yeah. stop you there for a sec. So a key keg, yeah. is that different from a beer keg? Yeah, quite quite so, quite, quite so. So key kegs developed by a company in the Netherlands called One Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to describe a key keg, basically, yeah, it, it's a 30-litre wine bladder. Yes. Um, you know, a giant goon bag. Goon basically. bag. Um, giant goon. But, uh, Love it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Good image. <laughs> a 30 litre um, bladder inside a pressurized double wall uh, container, essentially. So you've got a yeah, see through keg, 
um, with oh. that bag inside. But what that gives you the opportunity to do is um, you are essentially using the pressure of the air outside the bladder to then push the wine out, out of the keg, meaning that the wine never comes in contact with any air or, or gases uh, yeah, so that you, you would use in a, a regular beer keg, say. Yeah, so you wouldn't have to put uh, nitrogen in it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the wine is yeah kept incredibly safe. Yes. Um, safer than even yeah, I guess what you'd see in a, in a bottle as there's no interaction from light there um, as well. Um, as well as it takes you know a lot more heat to kind of change the temperature of thirty liters of wine as opposed to seven hundred and fifty mils. Wow! And the idea of yeah. playing Goon of Fortune with a thirty liter bag is quite exciting. Potentially fatal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do this at home. In Reinforced fact, Holton Hoy, yeah. Yes, have, uh, to, have to put in some concrete foundation. Those that yeah. have never seen Goon of Fortune, um, Josephine's rolling her eyes at me going, yeah, I know about that. Have you played Goon of Fortune, Josephine? Not for a long time, I'm pleased to say. Have you done it? <laughs> really? Oh, I, was, the, I was born in the 90s, what can I you're say? You're the first person I met that's actually <laughs> said they've, they've done I, that. I, I, I am confidently saying that I have not done it in the past decade. Good. Yeah. That, that sounds cool. Sorry, but we're... we're, we're we're taking the mickey a little bit. So um, the idea is that um, with these like-minded individuals that you have um, developed relationships with, you're able to showcase their wines and um, offer uh, it to be used in recyclable containers. Is that sort of basically it in a nutshell? Yeah, that's the rundown. Um, yeah, so we just have a yeah, bottle return system, which we've set up. Yep. Um, so, you know, essentially these, these bottles never have to go in the bin. Mm. Um, yeah. And they're, and they're brown glass, so they, uh, they protect the wine somewhat, um, from exactly. being light struck, um, better than green. I mean, look, you know, in a, in a very big way, the wines are in those bottles for, uh, for a good time, not for a long time. Um, <laughs> so this is, yeah, all, all these wines, they're not, uh, they're not wines for putting down. As no, in going no, no, to this the, an, this is the yeah, joie de vie wines of today that we celebrate life in all its glories with close and exactly. loved ones. They're wines about joy. Um, that's yeah. That's I mean, and very much what the name kind of you know connotates. It's uh, it's it's a wine to run out with a good glug. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. That that, that sounds like a, a great thing. And the the other thing I really really like. Um, the fact of what you were doing, the little bit that I saw and was able to get an impression of is that you love your neighbours, one, that you are this, and maybe <laughs> Smith Street is part of um, one of the most diverse and interesting communities around at the moment. Cause Look, and, and that's the thing, this business is, you know, it's, it's very much um, built to be a part of, of our community here um, because we believe... You know, we um, we're only going to make a difference if, if we're all kind of in this together. Yeah, because so, um, yeah. you've got a food collaboration um, with now. Who are the people you're doing the, the food with? Oh, so yeah, Mono XO, um, Mono XO, just uh, up around the corner from us, um, yep. just off Smith Street. Uh, just honestly, it's it's a small little place, but it's a phenomenal, phenomenal kind of addition to the area. Um, yeah, Sam Stafford is the uh, chef and uh, one of the owners there. Um, mm -hmm. And his his food kind of made a lot of sense uh, for us to kind of um, take on kind of offer here as well. 
Um, it's small plates. It's it's freaking delicious. But um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of works. It works for us. So yeah, we've teamed up. Um, we've got our own little bento boxes kind of thing. So and they're very ever cute a glass, stainless steel ones. I saw those. They looked really nifty. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they look quite cool. Simple, but um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we uh, can kind of offer a limited menu from them. Um, so if anyone's yeah, stopping by, having glass feels like a snack. Mm. Um, yeah, we can just call them up and, um, yeah, get them to, to bring some food down. So, yeah, we're very lucky to have them um, kind of jump on board on this. So Yeah, that sounds awesome. And um, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the people you've co- you're collaborating with, some of the uh, the growers uh, and the makers of wine that you are putting forward? Honestly, absolute heroes. Um, so, I mean, as, as a kind of a bit of a local legend, um, Phil Lobley um, was one of the first kind of on board this. Uh, Phil Lobley, he's up in, up in Glenburn, um, and he has, has to be one of the most dedicated winemakers and uh, growers in, in Victoria when it comes to absolutely limiting his environmental impact in every single way he possibly can. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, Phil's been up there for, what, 25 years now. Um, wow. Just making these, these such gorgeous, such adorable wines. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing showy-offy. It's, it's just these really pure, um, I guess, honest expressions that are just so easy to just, you know, absolutely fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had uh, Charlotte Dalton uh, from the Adelaide Hills come on board, which was, you know, an, an honour that uh, you know couldn't have asked, um, couldn't have asked more. From um, she is, yeah, just jumped at this opportunity uh, because, yeah, again, it's it's just something she's incredibly passionate about. Yep, and you've got the what's it called? The love you love you love me semion. Love you love you love me semion. Yeah. What, what are the characteristics is, of the the semion? The semion honestly is just got to be one of the most accurate and kind of gentle uh, whites coming out of Australia right now. Like Charlotte's, you know what, what kind of represents, I guess, in in her winemaking is this incredibly delicate and finessed touch. Um, they're these wines that you can just instantly attach to, but there is a lot kind of there that you could just spend glass after glass really kind of looking into and trying to figure out. Um, they're just, I guess, yeah, inc- complex, complex wines, but in, in an incredibly approachable way. Got it, because um, I remember Max Allen was raving about old semillons that that was that was his holy grail. Uh, uh, this is, yeah, it's a style and approach to move from say you know if we if we look back at the old um, you know more like battery acid um, requires aging uh, Hunter Valley semions yes. of, um, of years gone by. Uh, but, now uh, I get it. Now I get it. Why I was looking for the old ones because the new ones weren't really worth looking at. Oh, massively. You yeah, know, got like, it. Um, and as much as I, I think the Hunter Valley semions in the nineties launched um, Australia onto the international stage of showing our potential to make incredible wines. Mm. Um, yeah, this is it's much more of a, a young drinking kind of approach, I think. And, um, that's, and that's just yeah. part of it. We, uh, we had the beautiful Noisy Ritual Rosé together. I think we had a little, uh, little taste of that, and that was... Well, that was yeah, a, I mean, that, Alex Byrne is, a, is a, an absolute legend. Um, from uh, Noisy Ritual? Noisy, yeah, yeah, Ritual, uh, his outfit over in um, Brunswick East. Um, that, like all his wines, like under his noisy ritual label, are just yeah, 
Like they're just there to to enjoy the absolute hell out of. Um, you know, it's, it's not about picking them apart. It's just about you know just letting them hug you. Got it. Um, yeah, right, from please. his rosé and stuff. Yeah. And uh, as well as that, there's uh, there's wines, as well as a really, really beautiful Fuji apple kombucha that I had, which was a smack in the face of fruit. It was really, really good. Oh, it's so tasty. Um, yeah, another local effort. Um, so kombucha, Alan and Jim over there uh, are just coolest guys um, making it over at Keeley, uh, Keeley Park. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Ron, um, Congratulations uh, to Thanks, both of you, you. On, on the concept. 310 Smith Street. Uh, web presence? Have you got it? Uh, yeah, so we've got the website up. Um, definitely check it out. And G-L-O-U. then uh, .com.au. Yeah, that sounds great, mate. And uh, it sounds like uh, it's kind of busy there right now. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a few of our, yeah, um, our lovely... Crowd in, so yeah. The like minded individuals of Smith Street. Congratulations, great success to you. Looking forward to dropping in and having a glass with you and uh, in and Rahel, of course, in the not too distant future. Thanks for joining us. Again, thanks, Cam. You have a lovely Sunday. Will do. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 